0: Welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast, delivered by Aussie Broadband. Switch to Aussie Broadband and enjoy ultra-fast speeds with $0 fiber upgrade. FWTC and FWTN addresses only TCC supply. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. i Joey Montana, Jay Clark, Kath Wachnum, and Lima. What do I missed is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
1: Morning, everyone. Morning, team. Great to be with you. Joey's having a spell this week. Yes. So we're going to hold the fort. Have his feet up, wouldn't he? Hello,
2: Limo. I'm I'm very, very well. It's lovely to be here. I'm in Joey's spot today in Mm. the studio.
1: It's tripping me out, to be honest. (laughs) You know, know, in the workplace, everyone's got their spots. And then when you see a different person in a different spot, you're like, hang on.
2: Yes. I just, move, not I, just, right. I just move around the desk. Yes. <laughs> and very good at it. I, I've worked in all spots. So, hey, we've got a massive show today, though. No, uh, Greg Blewett joining us a little bit later to talk live golf. Yes. He played in a Pro-Am with Dustin Johnson the yeah. other day. Yes.
1: Have you seen the scenes from Adelaide? It like, is. It's
2: crazy. Looks amazing.
3: Yeah.
1: I have had a fair dose of FOMO yes. watching everything going on in The Adelaide. golf for the DJ, sits afterwards? Uh, yeah, the DJ the whole, sets afterwards. Yeah.
2: Everyone throws their empty drinks onto the, onto the tea. the that It's called the watering hole. Right. And yeah, close thro- the play. Yeah, everyone throws right their the empties out mm. onto the tea. Oh, after. I thought you
3: meant while the golfers were still there. No, <laughs> no,
1: that I would love to see. Imagine what the golfers are thinking. Imagine what Cam Smith would be thinking.
2: He said he did say afterwards it's the most pressure he's felt.
1: Really? Ever, really? Yeah. yeah,
2: because he felt the expectation of an Australian crowd wow. willing yeah. him to do really well. And he shanked a couple of shows, made me feel really good mm. as an average <laughs> golfer. He yeah. put a couple into the bushes early on. I love the fact that um, people are making
3: noise with the party holes around the world now at yeah. golf events. Yeah. I think it's so bloody highbrow right. that you can't make a golf while people are about to, oh, shh, shh, shh. he's about to, and they walk <laughs> away from the tee, oh, give me a spell. When so, I'm playing Albert Park yes. with my mates, oh. we do all sorts of stuff to put
2: on. To put to put each other off, Come so on. I am with you, Jay z yes. T- and tennis is the same. Yes. What a bunch of so I got told off <laughs> for opening a bag of chips at Waver Arena. I got shushed. It's like, yeah, you can get stuffed. Are you telling me I can't eat chips?
1: You don't realize tennis is on? You don't realize how loud an action like that can be until you gotta do it in silence. <laughs> you're like, really? It's, it's like opening up a chip bag this loud the c- at the cinema when you are trying to... Yeah. it's like oh yes.
3: no. What about the um when you leave your phone on somewhere, which is um, um, in the movie theater, etc. And you oh, get the text yeah. message and you sort of look around behind, you get the furrowed brows. Like yeah. people really scrunch up there. F- and why is it
1: always like your mum calling? <laughs> you think, <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> oh,
3: very, oh good.
1: very good. Yeah, uh, we've
2: got a great show coming up. We do, indeed. Josh his yep. dad as well. Why is yeah. joining us very excited about that?
3: So who's the biggest deal in their household? Because Warwick was a superstar in his own, right? Warwick was. I mean, let's say Warwick. Josh would be nothing without Warwick. Should
1: should we put it down to money? How much is Josh on at the moment? (laughs) I think Josh might win that.
3: (laughs) Well, he's genuinely looking. A max contract in the NBA is like $40 a year. So...
1: His mm. mm. he's he's, next
3: um, contract's going to be
2: in the hundreds of millions, no doubt about yes. that.
1: Yeah, imagine if your kid's on that much money. Imagine if one of your kids yes. in uh, 15 be... years' time is signing a $40 million contract. I'd yes. be bleeding him dry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. Hey, Bulldogs fans would be happy this morning because it was a big win in the West. That is in Trelaw to, <laughs> to Williams. Ah. Oh, a little sidestep was brilliant. He'll finish this off
4: oh. with one of the goals. The year.
2: back to Trelaw from 50 I
4: oh, just beat his
5: opponent, gave it to English. 20 out, what a team goal. Hugo oh,
0: plays on it,
6: kicks it 50 meters in the air. It's 25 metres out. Bond couldn't take it. Trelaw could kicks towards goal. It's travelling, it's gone through.
4: Big win doggies.
1: Great win for the Dogs on the road. They led for pretty much the entire game and defeated Fremantle by 49 points to even up at 3-3 three and three for the season. Bontempelli, Trelaw, Tim English, all hugely influential. Bailey Williams, Aaron Norton both kicked three each. Hugo Hagan, he took some great marks yep. last night. Positives all round for the Dogs. Limo Jay-Z, they were a class above and really put the game to bed in that final quarter. Yeah, and turned around their season, the Bulldogs. We're not talking enough about
3: Marcus Bonson-Pelly. We're speaking about Jeremy Cameron as the number one player in the game. Marcus Bonson-Pelly's past month has been absolutely extraordinary. Yes, Nick Dacos, is the Brownlow medal favourite at the moment. I would not be surprised if Bonson Pally was actually leading that count at the round six mark. And the Bulldogs, he, he led a Bulldogs team, travelled over to the West, coming off a game um, in Adelaide last week. It was a statement victory. For mine, and when you look at a broader brush sort of perspective, Catherine, Anthony, over the past six weeks, they got I don't know why I keep calling you. We call you Anthony when we're talking (laughs) serious. I I feel like I'm in trouble (laughs) now, really, mate. Sorry, buddy. The first two weeks, there was a lot of pressure on this football club. They got punched in the mouth by Melbourne, lost by 50 points. Then they come up against St Kilda, lost by 51 points. Their past month, they have turned it around, Luke Beveridge's man, and in particular. The big question mark over the Bulldogs, and the Dogs fans surely would have thought this coming into the season, they know their midfield's great. They know their forward line is very uh, potent. The question mark was how they defended the footy. Catherine, over the past month, they kept Brisbane to 53 points, Richmond to 84, Port Adelaide to 70, and last night kept the Fremantle side to 69 points. So that defence with Liam Jones has really improved for the past month. And when they've got all three phases going, the Bulldogs, they look like a top four side and serious premiership threat to me.
1: I mean, when you look at it, though, they lost to St Kilda and Melbourne. Yep. So you can't say their two losses have been that bad. Mm -mm. Um, Obviously beating Brisbane Lions, Richmond, losing to Port. So at three and three, they are tracking pretty well. And you've got all their star players. I mean, Tim English's game last night in particular as well, they've, they're tracking well for a three-and-three three side. Looks like the All-Australian Ruckman to
3: mind, but there was a bit of theatre and byplay with Rory Lobb. Did you see Limo yes. at the start of the game?
2: Yeah. The, yeah. Are you a fan of their push and shove? I oh. love the push and shove. Yep. Uh I love a bit of rough and tumble. Yep. I quite enjoy the crowd booing an ex-player. Yes. I don't mind that. It's yes. all part of the theatre of the game. Yep. That to me is fun booing. Yep. I'm down with it. That's okay. My only question mark over this is they mm. clearly chose to target Rory Lobb, the ex-Frio player. Mm, Yeah. If you're going to target a Bulldogs player, why don't you choose one of their better ones? (laughs) Like, it's Rory Lobb. With all due respect to Rory, he's probably their 13th best player. Yes. You know, why wouldn't you target the Bont? Yep. Or English, yep. or uh, yeah, Liberatore or, or McCray stars. or something. Do you think
1: they were a bit too fixated on it too? 100%. At times, it was like okay.
2: But there was the point that one focus cat- on the ball where they were all. There was five of them hanging off him like flies, yep. and then uh, Ugalde Hagen kicked the ball in. And then Trelaw just picked up a loose ball because yeah. everyone was distracted yeah. fighting Lobb and he kicked an yes. easy goal.
3: Yes, it's like when my kids fight at home and two are um, punching on. Then you just bring out a biscuit and the third one sweeps <laughs> in <laughs> and grabs the biscuit. <laughs> Marcus Bontopelli's 200th game against uh, Hawthorne, your mob this week, Lemo. I can't wait to see him celebrated for the ch- absolute champion player he is. He, I reckon he's had the best start to his career and it has been a, a fabulous career. You mentioned Rory Lobb. Um, Leroy Luke Beveridge spoke about uh, this issue last night and how the big fella handled the occasion
4: it's interesting isn't it you know we're former teammates and um, and and maybe it's to get us offside we expected it but uh, i think our guys are disciplined and you know and flew the flag as as you would and i don't think anything untoward sort of eventuated but um it's it's a cauldron out there and when you're the center of the physical focus it's it's not always easy so i thought he handled that really well and and played the game out accordingly Also, just on the Frio fans booing, Mm. he played
2: more games for GWS than he played for Frio. (laughs) He got traded from GWS to Frio.
1: These are the things that happen in a two-team town. (laughs) Don't forget. It
2: really is. But he had a win at the end when he had a photo. The Bulldogs posted on their Instagram a photo of Rory Long with the Lobster Tears beer, which was brewed by a local brewery to have a crack at him. Yep. Uh, and they said, describing the beer, they said a slightly salty raspberry sour. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Rory Lobb got the last laugh there, he holding the did. Lobster's Tears beer uh, in a post uh, uh, put up by the Bulldogs.
1: Hey, in all seriousness yeah. with Fremantle, though, where are they at? So two and yeah. four. I think last night's score, 118 points, was the biggest score they've conceded in a couple of years. Yeah. So it's um, a serious serious question marks over over the game plan and, and Justin Longyear.
3: 100%. And Joey Montagna, a good mate, says you've got to look at teams over the past you know, two months, three months, not their form from last year. Look at them in this season. It's fair to say their first weeks have been putrid. The Dockers, they've been the most disappointing side in the competition. I feel like that defence, which we've lauded, right, has really been scored against. Their midfield is inexperienced and got beaten again, and we know they're having forward connection issues. So their problems are spread um, absolutely right across the ground. And whether they're going to look to add to that midfield stock, so I think that's a, a genuine headache. But they have been poor. Uh, Justin Longley, the coach at the Dockers, addressed some of their deficiencies
2: last night. We've got a bit of a lesson from a more experienced midfield tonight. And um, sometimes in, in the contest, the harder you try to win the contest, the more you get exposed on the outside. And I thought there was a little bit of that as the game went on. I was listening last night on Triple M. Xavier Ellis, uh, former premiership footballer yep. with the Hawks, he was getting angry yep. at Frio mm-hmm. last night in the commentary with their lack of game plan coming out of defence. Oh. How, how can they expect to get anywhere when they move the ball the way they do? And so I feel like they've got bigger issues
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, than just personnel. That They've
2: got problems everywhere. That
1: first quarter was excruciating. Yep. They just could not exit D50 and sometimes just how slow yep. they were. And so that's the big
3: question. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in their coaching meetings this week because – they have been staying with this sort of slower, more controlled, more cautious ball use and that defensive sort of game plan, where we've seen teams take the game in another direction. Geelong last year scored well. Uh, Collingwood, offensive juggernaut, taking risks. So Fremantle have got a big decision. How do we develop these other gears? How can we compete with these teams who are scoring more heavily? There was
1: a moment when Alex Pearce had the ball, and you could actually sense the crowd saying "Go!" Any danger, <laughs> Alex? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but great win for the Bulldogs, forty-nine yep. points over the Dockers. Hey. CEOs. Yep. Yeah, the AFL CEO search. Yep. So this has been a real I feel like it's really dialed up this week. There's yes. been a lot of speculation about it, a lot of reports on Be it. Being messy. Yeah. It does feel that way. What do you know? So What's your read? we
3: know the two leading candidates are Andrew Dillon. We've been talking, he's the two I see at the AFL. We've been talking about him for months. And also more recently, Kylie Watson Wheeler, who's the president of the Western Bulldogs, a very capable woman, highly respected within the industry. And it's quite clear that there is significant division or difference of opinion on the AFL commission about who should be the next CEO. So we know the Chairman Richard Goiter is a big fan of Kylie Watson-Wheeler and and now we're in this really weird period of, Limbo, where we're sort of waiting to see when Gill's going or if he's going to go, and I think it's really um quite awkward to be honest. So I really feel like it's well past the time. And clubs are saying this, like any danger, we need direction on the future of the game, and there needs to be that sort of clarity. And for a, for a for a huge industry and a massive company, I, it's I find it pretty poor to be honest, Liam.
2: Does there need to be a bit more transparency? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'd love to
3: know who's taking
2: over. Well, with the
1: pro, but oh, how around many the,
2: around the division? How many hats are in the ring at the moment? Well, I think there's only two. There's two lead candidates.
3: Well, there's
1: technically five yeah. candidates. Right.
3: right. Well, these are the two leading. But ones. But these are the two leading yeah. ones.
2: What about a clear. reality-style TV show like oh, Survivor, like where yeah. we get the AFL Commission to vote? Oh, we see them writing their yeah. names down. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan um, Lapalio grills them all. Yeah.
3: I like that. Or an amazing race kind of situation. Yes, yes, or are they actually doing that in secret? Like maybe that's what's actually <laughs> happening. We're just not aware of it. I do have an embarrassing Andrew Dillon story. I've been wondering whether I should tell it, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Kath. It. We had an AFL function a couple of years ago. I was there brought mate, along embarrassing mate. Embarrassing
1: for you or for him?
3: Uh, me. Um, and I think we ended up at the Louis Bar. Have you been to the Louis Bar? It's at the top of the Rialto. I think it's magnificent views. Anyway, um, I had a few sherbets and like highly embarrassing. Right. I left without paying my bill, right? For whatever reason, <laughs> I, I just, I had a, a decent bill. Wait, what do you bill. mean?
1: So were you sitting at a table with a few others and you just but said, we, see you guys, been a good night, we did the up?
3: We did the sit-down function thing and then we went to the more stand-up cocktail kick-on to I don't know what time. I couldn't remember what time yeah. we finished. Anyway, whatever. We were having such a good time. We just left without paying. Anyway, so imagine me getting the text message the next morning from Andrew Dillon. He said, hey, Jay, great to catch up with you last night. Just letting you know, I actually paid your bill last night. And you know that moment where- You sting. You know you die inside. Like that was that that was that moment because so I had a bit of a hangover at the oh time no. and I'm like- Poof. What was
1: your response? I'm like-
3: Andrew, Um, gee, my mum would be disappointed in me right now. I am so sorry. So I whipped round to Docklands, um, paid him, and um, every time I see him, he did cover me. So you
1: went to AFL house and gave him money straight away. Well done. How How much?
3: How much was the bill? I think it was hundreds at the time. Hundreds. was pretty sure it was a big. Oh, you had a night out. Yeah, we had a good time. Okay, and
1: so how's it been ever since? (laughs) He just
3: laughs at me every time, like Andrew. I'm so sorry, but for that, does he have
1: a little stingy nickname for you now? No, he probably
3: does on the inside. Yeah. He's, but he's a very good table tennis player too, Andrew every, Dillon. Every time he hears Jay's name, he's like, yeah. oh, that tight ass. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. a story about him. It yeah. was accidental. Anyway, so he is um, a very capable man and good on the table tennis court. I didn't and, think um,
1: the conversation was going to go there when I asked yeah. you who's going <laughs> to be, be the next table CEO. Should I told that great. story or yeah.
3: not? Um, hey, there is an issue uh, with the Alice Springs fixture at Traeger Park between Melbourne and GWS in round 16. Up to 24 hours ago, the clubs were extended expecting that game to go ahead. It's fair to say there's quite a complex issue. In Alice Springs, there are two competitions, the Towns competition on Saturday and then the Community competition on Sunday. And the Towns Council has withdrawn its support so the people from the communities can't come in and play on the Sundays anymore because um, they can't get back to home as easily. Um, kids miss school. So they've withdrawn the support. Now, the AFL is due to play there. Now, Lemo, what do you think? Can the AFL be okay with the grassroots footy mm. not being played, but then bring in the shiny end, the top end of footy, and do the whole bells and whistles around the AFL game. They can't have it both ways, can they?
2: It's very it's, Look, the, these issues are very complex. Yep. And, uh, I look, I'm not really in a position to say who's right and who's wrong oh. in this situation. I will say, though, the optics would be bad for the AFL yes. if they came in to support this change of position yep. uh, locally. Which is why they're saying, well, if you're not going to play the local footy on
3: Sunday... We're not going to bring the Mm. AFL in. So I hope there's a hopefully an agreement they can reach so that the community people can play back on Traeger Park and then Melbourne GWS will play there in round 16. But it is, it is a complex issue at the yep. moment.
1: Hey, Rusty's going to join us next thanks to Bendix Breaks. I want to ask him about Shane Van and You've got a question. You've you've got some story you want to grill him about. I've been doing some racing research <laughs> in the lead-up <laughs> well, to this interview. I look forward to hearing <laughs> your question. This is Triple depth Dead Set Legends, JoJ Levo.
0: Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Locknan, and Lemo Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Rusty's Motorsport
2: Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
1: A reminder, you can listen to Rusty's Garage, a podcast on the listener at Rusty, good morning to you.
6: Hello, Kath. You're shifting into top gear today. You are, aren't you? Forecast. Hey? What, what do you
1: mean? Oh, I, I took the week off last last week as well, yes. It's refreshed. Oh. Refreshed, ready to go. Hey, nice. hey, Rusty, Shane Van Gisbergen, he may have been a bit unhappy with the new generation supercars around one, but he has re-signed with the Red Bull team. He's not going anywhere.
6: No, and I think Cap actually underscored how determined he is to kind of um, make a point to either be a regular in the winner's circle in these brand-new cars or even to bounce back and try and win this championship. So... We've covered on the show in recent weeks how he was miffed and and how he could be a better champion in the way that he dealt with the press. Um, but they had, as we all, you know, we were there at uh, at the Grand Prix. They had a crash with that car on Thursday. The team rebuilt it, and he said it was actually in that moment watching the devotion of the team, the hard work they put in to get him back on track, um, that it just reminded him of how special that group is and and why he really should put pen to paper. So he's 33 now. Will take him to effectively a decade with the H team. Um, and it sounds like they've squared away his young teammate, Brock Feeney, for a couple of years too. So, two of the prize seats and supercars. Uh, are remaining unchanged and are not up for grabs next year.
3: Hey, Rusty, former Bathurst winner and series champion Mark Winterbottom, who is an absolute all-round good guy, the nicest guy on the supercars circuit and my favourite driver, he is about to chalk up a special milestone next week when the sport heads to WA for round three. Can you tell us about it?
6: Yeah, he, he is. So, but shameless plug, we've spoken to uh, Frosty for a little short cast on Rusty's Garage, which we're dropping on Monday morning. 600 race stars wow. in the sport. It's, un, it's unreal. It's, it's sort of up there with, you know, your legends of footy when they, you know, they play a, a huge amount of games in their career and so on. Uh, the only others in the 600 club are Garth Tander uh, and Craig Lowndes. So he would have actually racked up 600 straight had it not been for a, a crash where he freakishly hit a grate at the Shanghai circuit when we went to China in 2005, very early in his career, and it sort of peeled open the bottom of the race car like a, like a tin can being open kind of thing. So he's very lucky that day. Uh, but 600 race starts is a hell of a story. And he's still kind of got this youthfulness. I still think of him as that young kid fresh out of go-karting, and yet he's won a championship and the bassist as well.
2: And uh, former racer Renee Gracie Rusty, retired to, hang on, checks notes, become an fan star, is uh, making a return to driving.
6: How did you get this story from? Uh, right. <laughs> so um, she left the, the supercar sport. She kind of competed in the second tier, and she ran at Baptist in a, in a wildcard entry on a couple of occasions. Didn't kind of massively set the world alight, but she has a proper passion for it. She enjoys her racing. Went off and uh, forged a career, as you rightly say, in a in a different area and has done very well for herself and has earned quite a bit of money out of it, so mm-hmm. much so that she can... Um, indulge the passion again and go racing. She'll be in Perth next week to race an Audi GT car. She hasn't driven it yet. When it hits the track next week, that'll be the first time that she, um, that she does that. And uh, yes, they're making a documentary about the return to racing, and it will be backed because she's one of their big stars by OnlyFans.
2: All right. We will keep an eye on Renee Gracie. <laughs> and, uh, and Rusty, now we mentioned your podcast, Rusty's Garage. Can I just say I've listened to the last couple of episodes of The Grill, your other podcast, you
6: outstanding go. stuff,
1: outstanding. Thank you. Yeah, we,
6: we, we had a bit of fun, and you you came and joined us for um, oh, for I a, as well. You know, yeah, sure. Oh,
1: that. that's <laughs> why you plugged it.
6: <laughs> no, but he did a he did a super job. We were, you know it was nice to honour the legend Larry Perkins for one of the recent eps there.
2: Yes, indeed, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's called the Grill, also available on Listener.
1: <laughs> there we go. Also, Rusty's Garage. That <laughs> yeah, is also. Our, is. <laughs> we're giving your podcast a good a good plug here. Hey, Rusty, always lovely to chat. We'll do so next week.
6: Take care, gang. Thank you.
2: Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
1: Your top five. Is it back? Uh, is it, it is. Continuing? Yes, it is. I missed we last week and I don't know whether your top five featured last yes, week. It was,
2: it was award-winning last week. Oh, we've what got, was it last week? Can't remember. Okay. we <laughs> <gimmicks.
1: laughs> What got is a, it this week? Oh,
2: sporting gimmicks, the 10-cent beer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 10-cent yes. beer night was uh, we discussed <laughs> last week based on Gather Round. Uh, but a different topic this week. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's Limo's Top 5. Funniest Athletes.
1: Uh, Ah, Funniest
2: Athlete. Now, this is for two reasons. One, final weekend of the Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, Adam Rosenberg's joining us in studio next hour. Mm. Funniest
1: as in they're funny to laugh with or to laugh at? uh, To laugh with. Okay.
2: Mm. Yes, yeah, who who are funny themselves. Yes. And I thought about this this week because Dylan Brooks from the Memphis Grizzlies Made me laugh when he got in oh. LeBron James's face and was interviewed post game mm. uh, about getting in LeBron James's face. And he said this about one of the greatest basketballers of all time. I don't care, he's old. I don't care, he's old. Mm. So disrespectful. (laughs) And this is Dylan Brooks, who scored 12 points, had one rebound and three assists. Mm. LeBron still had 28 points, 12 rebounds and three assists, but he did not care. So that made me laugh. So I thought, top five, funniest athletes. Yes, Coming in at number five, now normally I look at a body of work when I talk about a funny athlete, Mm. but this is a one-off, but I have to include him. What I think is the greatest cricket sledge of all time, Mm. James Ormond, the English cricketer. Uh, was playing in a game against Australia, and Mark Waugh, while in the slips, said to James Ormond, what are you doing out here? You're not good enough to play for England. And James Ormond said, at least I'm the best cricketer in my family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's good. That is
2: very good. Coming to number five, James Ormond. Number four, oh, Triple M's very own Kerry O'Keefe. What would England want at the lunch break? Bowling first,
6: winning the toss. Yeah, you'd want three, wouldn't you, Skull? Yeah, um, if there's no wickets down Australia, all of England will want another captain. <laughs> <laughs> Good gear. <laughs>
1: He's a gear from Skull. Skull, very good. You could have a thousand examples. You
2: could indeed. And let's not forget his laugh as
1: well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's got Wolf Creek vibes, hasn't it? Listen to that again and think of Wolf Creek. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It really does. does. Uh, Coming at number three, our very own uh, Billy Brownless.
0: What's made of leather and sounds like a sneeze? A shoe! I've offered my elderly neighbour, Jim, $20 to let me try out her stairlift. Right. I think she's going to take me up on it. Waiter, I'd like a bottle of wine, please. Uh, What year, sir? Well, I'd like it
2: now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Coming in at number two. (laughs) It just just makes me laugh. Coming in at number two, uh, arguably the greatest athlete of all time, also one of the funniest, Muhammad Ali.
5: Been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with a alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with a alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, threw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. Bad
7: dude. Bad. Fast. Fast. Fast last night I cut the light off in my bedroom hit the switch was in the bed before the
2: room was dark. <laughs> <laughs> good gear, good gear, and again you could play a thousand from Muhammad yeah, Ali. Yes. but coming at number one, former Harlequins rugby player Joe Marler. Have you heard of this guy no, before?
7: No,
2: this is my favourite all-time sporting quote. Um, Harlequins lost the game. Joe Marler was out injured, and as mm-hmm. they often do, they'll get an injured player to front the press. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the week, they said to Joe Marler, well, you lost last week. What's yeah. going to happen with the team this week? Mm-hmm. And Joe Marler gave one of the all-time great responses.
4: We've got another week to to get back on the horse, you know, and take that horse to the water. And you can ask that horse. You can say, hey, horsey, do you want to have a drink? Or do you want to swim? Yeah, and it's up to that horse to then realise what he wants to do in his life. And that horse at the moment... <laughs> Wants to go out on Saturday He wants to clippity-clop all the way to the stoop And he wants to say hello to those fans
1: And he goes goes, I'm sorry about the result last week But I'm going to give a better performance Here at home against Bath
5: He's a slightly Irish horse (laughs) Um, So we're looking forward to Like I say Getting back on that horse And are you looking forward to getting back on the horse Six months since
1: we last saw you?
4: I don't like horses. I can't <laughs> <make them. laughs>
2: brilliant. That, that
1: was very good.
2: Joe what was Marla. his
4: name? Joe
2: Marler, who Marla. played for uh, played Rugby Falcons, has his own podcast now if you like a bit of Joe Marler. Oh, Get that involved. was
1: very good. But yeah. he started talking like a horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a slightly <laughs> iron horse. Clippity clop uh, uh, but Joe oh, Marler, number good. one in this week's time. Well done. That was good mum. by yep. you, Lima. Yep. Very Thank good. Thank you.
1: I mean, what was Skull for?
2: Skull was uh, number four, Billy Brown was three. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, too. I think it's the first time Billy Brownless and Muhammad Ali have ever been on the same list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and James Orman, English cricket at number five. Uh, oh,
1: fantastic. very good, Limo.
0: Across Melbourne, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
2: What was your first album you ever bought? Um, I'm going to show my age here. It mm. was a cassette, mm. a double cassette, <laughs> Alchemy by Dire Straits. It was all time oh, yeah. all sweet. I'm dire Straits oh, Not only my first album Also my first concert Was uh, Die Straits oh,
3: really? And the Brothers in Arms yeah. tour Yeah I love Dire So I'm not it's... ashamed to admit this Right, So I know you'll laugh But this was my first purchase And I loved it at the time King soundtrack, was I it? I'm
1: not laughing at you there. I'm right on. You've oh. up in my books. The Lion King. Yeah. Circle of Life. Hang on. It's were you six? How old were you? I was young. young. Yeah. yeah, I was young. I
2: mean.
3: Yeah,
1: great moment. Moment. I mean, it's great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but stopped. I'm surprised. I'm <laughs> <That was> surprised. <so laughs> what about you, Kath? Mine was, um, I remember skills. my mum bought me this CD and she said, don't tell anyone at <laughs> school because it's a naughty song. Oh. Yeah. Want to hear it? yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was it what, naughty because yeah, of arson? <laughs> no, it wasn't naughty at all, but I think she just thought that I should have had Spice Girls or oh, you know, Nicki uh, Webster oh, yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, <but you>, She <laughs> <laughs> said I got to be a Tom Jones. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you were also playing Grand Theft Auto in your bedroom at the time, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. things weren't
2: sort of completely pretty <laughs> clean. Oh good, so you were loving Tom Jones. Mm. Mm. I remember
1: when you got the CD and it would be the original like Burning Down the House, yeah. and then soundtrack number 2 was just a remix, and three oh, yeah, another yeah, yeah, remix. four yeah, yeah, yeah. was
3: another remix. Yeah. That's all you're getting.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, no,
2: no right, uh, good. Right. But we,
1: I we learned t- a little bit about t- each other. We just have
2: like, indeed. But I love Grand Theft Auto and Tom Jones. Yeah. Now, they're two additions to Kath's yes. childhood that I would not have anticipated. And
3: if you're thinking of asking Kath out on a date, just come up to her and
2: <laughs> <bring him> down <laughs> there. Triple
3: M's Dead Set Legends.
1: Let's bring in Greg Blewett. Hey, he'll he'll be nicer than you two. Uh, Triple M's very own Greg Blewett. Hello to you. Now, is it true you played the Pro Am tournament with Dustin Johnson the other day?
5: I did. I did. I had what the time Earth? of my life. So we were all we we sort of got notification about uh, two weeks out that we we're playing the Pro Am and. Everyone else that I knew that was playing in the pro am, we're all going. Well, who are you playing with? Mm. Um, you know, we're all thinking. You know, wouldn't it be great to play with Brooks Kepker Cam <laughs> Smith, Dustin Johnson, some of these guys? And then uh, we didn't actually find out until about I reckon it was about 11 p.m. the day before, or the night before. Sorry, um, and or just before we went to the live golf party the night before Adelaide Oval, which was sensational as well. Um, anyway um there was the name Dustin Johnson wow. um, next to my group so wow. it was just an incredible day it really was I'm still buzzing
2: and-, and blue we have it on good authority that you uh this is from Bernie Vince of course that you embarrassed yourself you had an absolute shocker
5: oh <laughs> well it's not like Bernie to uh just sort of <laughs> add a bit of mayo but um, no I would have liked I would have liked to have played a bit better put it that way but um I mean, apart from playing with Dustin Johnson, I played with Jed Morgan as well, who's an absolute ripper. <clears throat> so we had nine holes with Jed in um, the first nine and then on to Dustin Johnson. But uh, in my on the front nine, um, Greg Norman came out to one of the holes as well, oh. and he knew one of the amateurs that I was playing with. So he stood behind – he was about five metres behind me on the, the long drive hole, which is the seventh, the par five. So I'm absolutely shitting myself that the shark is uh, – <laughs> who's my boyhood hero. Yes. I, that's why I love golf was because of Greg Norman. Anyway, he's standing, you know, three or four metres straight behind me as wow. I'm trying to launch this ball, and I've absolutely striped it in one longest drive. So well done! There you oh, go. Nice. Did you look around? Did you just have a little
3: look at the shark and go, just a little, you know, swagger? Yeah, just so yeah really no, just go,
5: that. well, there, there you go. Uh, there you go, sharky boy. Uh, just have a look at that one. Sharky boy. Uh, Buddy, No, we... He shook my hand, and I, I nuffed him out for a photo as well. So uh, well done. It was, it was brilliant.
3: <laughs> hey, that's so that's the golf part of it. How was the chat? How was the chat with DJ? Did you have a good chat game, Louis?
5: He did. Um, you know what? There was sort of a few of the guys were saying, look, he's you know he's probably be a bit reserved. He won't give you much. But mm. I tell you what, we couldn't shut him up. Um, nice. My, my wife came down with my two young boys who were six and eight who loved their golf as well, and and I was running a little bit late from getting from the ninth to the tenth, and he was already waiting on the tee, signing autographs and that. And he'd already he'd already met my boys and my wife, and um and he's got two boys, five and eight as well. So I think because of that sort of um, similarity, we just sort of hit it off. And I t- he did not shut up the whole time, <laughs> and he was giving me he was giving me pointers, and i I tell you what, Jeezy can play golf. <laughs> so no, brilliant. He was great, Jay-Z.
1: What about the entire few days in Adelaide? I mean I, I started to get really excited when I think it was it was the Collingwood St Kilda game and you saw a couple of the golfers, like Brooks was there and, and Patrick Reed and whatnot watching uh the footy at Adelaide Oval and I just got immediately envious of that state (laughs) and and the the sport going on in uh, Adelaide over the course of, what, a fortnight. Can you explain the buzz particularly, though, of Live Golf? I mean, some of the Mm. clips I'm seeing on social media just look outrageous. It just looks the place to be.
5: No, it is unbelievable. We've been blessed with weather as well. Like, Mm. I know we copped it a little bit uh, with Gather Round, but it's just uh, we had – Nineteen or twenty yesterday. It's gonna be twenty three today, twenty-five tomorrow. Um, not a cloud in the sky, hardly any wind. The course is sensational. Um, but in terms of the setup, obviously money helps. I mean, it's just mm. the way that they've done it. Um, even the the launch party on the Wednesday night, you know, when I got my invite, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go along. And then <laughs> as soon as you walked in, um, just the way that they did it, the music, the food, the 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 drinks that they put on was just no expense spared. And then same as at the course. Like I, I was thinking, oh, a bit of music going around. I'm not sure about that, but they—it's sort of—it's sort of soothing music, if you like. It's like it's in the background and it just adds to the atmosphere. And, and you know we've been starved of really good golfers in Australia, let alone Adelaide. Um, and the and the crowds have been—they just, just—they were rocking yesterday. It was just brilliant, and it's only going to get better today and tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. Um, I'll be on the party hole, so I'll tell you what, I, I, I can't, cannot wait.
2: That mate. looks like After that wrap for Liv golf. it sounds like you're on the payroll there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Bluey? There's, I don't think they've got any money left after they're paying all Phil Mickelson 150 million bucks.
3: Bluey, something I've always wanted to ask you, or well, some people may not know this, but you made test centuries in your first two knocks, am I correct? Yes. How was the strut and the swagger on you when you walked into that Australian <laughs> dressing room after in your first two innings for Australia? scoring centuries, like, uh, not that hard is it that, boys?
5: No, no, no well, um, I actually sim- uh, Mark Wall was in the side as well um, yeah. and he made a century on debut and he sort of grounded me pretty quickly and he goes mate, it's not like this all the time, trust <laughs> me because he'd, he'd sort of played about 40 or 50 test matches by that stage, so uh, no, I was under no illusions, you know a, a couple of hundreds in my first couple of test matches that it was, like, I couldn't obviously keep up that pace, so um, I was still getting to know all the guys. I when I played that first test match in Adelaide, mm-hmm. I hadn't met half the side, yeah. so um, it was belt really getting to know and belted a So obviously, having a bit of success <laughs> early helps, um, and yeah, it's, a, it's a, so that helped. Yeah, it's a sort of recognition that you could play a little bit, and um, it was a great start. Yeah.
1: What about the current day players? So we saw the uh, squad for the World Test Championship and the first two Ashes Tests announced during the week. What are your overall observations of it? Particularly, there's uh, been plenty of conversation about David Warner.
5: Yeah, there was, um, and he's obviously in that squad. And they've picked uh, they've, they've picked three other openers apart from David Warner. So obviously, there's a little bit of concern around um, how he's going. Uh, like, look, his record. Overseas is it has been pretty ordinary. He hasn't scored a hundred uh, in a Test match for six years for Australia overseas. So, um, and last year he obviously struggled a little bit. So they've got some some cover there. Um, I was I was a little bit surprised that they backed Marcus Harris in. I thought they might go back to, to Bancroft. Um, I'm I'm glad Renshaw's there. I think he's a good player. So um, overall, I, I think it's a it's a good squad. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see how England go about it, whether they produce these flat pitches and play a bit of baseball, or it's a bit of a, a reverse malachi and we get over there and they produce the the normal green seamers that we've struggled with in the past. So uh, it's always great, though, and Ashes series is sensational and I can't wait.
2: Hey, Bluey, you spent your whole career playing cricket, people yelling at you over the fence. You're off to watch Live Golf today. Settle an argument we're having in the studio here. Have golfers a golfer's too soft? Precious. Should golf let the crowds yell out and start heckling?
5: Well, they basically are now, Limo. I was I was there. We did our show yesterday from from down at Grange, so I got there about two hours before the show started, and um, I mean I'm not so much heckling, but soon as they played a shot like it was just open open season, really. So um, there's a lot more going on now, Limo, than what uh, they used to be, put it that way. W- what about tennis players? They're, they're a little bit bloody uh, precious as well, aren't
2: they? Agreed, 100%. Oh, they're, <laughs> 100%. they're in the crosshairs. Don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> hey, Bluey, thanks I'm so you, much Bluey. for your time this morning and uh, enjoy. Have a drink for us at Live This Weekend.
5: All right, I'll try not to throw too many on uh, someone on Sunday at the party hall, <laughs> but uh, nah, it's going to be going to be a great weekend. But uh, any time. Thanks, guys. Oh, Good on you, morning, Thank mate. Thank you. Joey, Jay, Kath,
0: Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
1: It is the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Lemo, it is indeed, and
2: one of the stars of the comedy yes. festival has joined us in studio. Uh, you might know him from a comedy stage around town. Also works on the front bar with the team there each and every week. Adam Rosenbach. On oh, yeah.
4: Thanks for having me. Hello, right, mate. Uh, now, Rosa,
2: before we get into footy yeah. here, I know you're a royalist. I, I know you it. love the royal family. Any observations mm. from recent well, times? Well, I love the
4: royals. I know that uh, the, uh, King Charles announced yes. his um, coronation quiche during the week. Did you oh, see that? Oh, no, oh yeah. This so they, is a
2: big deal. Yeah, isn't they it? have yeah. an official
4: dish that they bring out, the coronation quiche. <laughs> I would have thought it would have been like coronation hot dogs just to match his fingers. But, <laughs> but yes. Prince Harry was in the news, uh, yeah. that recluse Prince Harry came out and was uh, <laughs> yes, yes. telling yes. a few more stories. Uh, a couple of weeks ago he came out and he said yeah. that he did a lot of drugs when he was like 18, 19 years of age yes. to cope with being in the royal family and the fame and stuff. And he said that he did a lot of cocaine, right, which mm. I found very interesting because how weird would it be for Prince Harry to to use a rolled up note with a picture of his grandmother on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. A little
2: reminder. Yes. Oh, sure. guy, is that your nan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. G'day, nan. Yeah.
4: I can see why he went and fought in Afghanistan. Like, it's the home of opium. He loved it. <laughs> really settled in over there, didn't he? Kat doesn't know how to handle
2: any of this, by the way.
1: I do love the broils, but I'm not, not a fan of Harry and Meghan. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yes. No, because I left.
4: What do you think of the coronation? Are you a fan of what's going on with I the coronation? Because no one wants to perform.
1: I just love how we try to. Um, make an Australian link to it. Like yeah. I read an article mm. about uh, the the carriage was made yeah. in Australia, and then the expert sound on television. So that's a nice link there for Australians. <laughs> so I'm not watching the coronation, looking yeah. at the carriage, See, and going, "Oh, that's nice." If we, it was we probably
4: Australian, it should have been like a Maloo Ute.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Commodore 8 like You
7: know,
2: <laughs> that would be more. I
4: remember they said years,
2: I'm oh, hearing years ago, Prince Charles went to Geelong Grammar. And yes. I remember going, oh, wow, that's amazing. Turns out he was there for like two days or something. <laughs> he but hey, he was there. Oh, yeah, he was, he, he was there. Uh, now, Rosie, you've got a show at the Comedy Festival. I do.
4: It's called High Functioning Idiot. I've got two more shows to go, so come along. How so, are you
2: coping? Because it's a grind, right? It's like it's a, it's a solid.
3: Are you know, your beers with your mates after the show and yeah. that sort of stuff?
4: Look, it is a marathon. I've, um, uh, I've got 12 shows and I'm 10 in. And um, it, it's a marathon, but I've sprinted out of the block. So right. I am... Yeah, I'm working hard to get to the final two. But they're fun; it's a lot of fun. Can I ask you for the comedians? Does, yeah, does size matter? Like in terms of the studio, <laughs> yeah. the
3: bit, the play, the venues you play in. Oh, yeah. Does it matter if you're in a big, big studio or just in a little dark
4: room downstairs?
3: How well, does How it,
1: does that work? Is that just you see who's selling the most tickets and you say, okay, you're in the upset? Yeah. Like, how does it work? I imagine yeah. there's.
4: I mean, you take a punt on the size of your room, and you, yeah, you, that's where the ego check comes in because you go, I, I just I'm gonna saying. be in an eighty. I'm in an eighty-seater. And I'm comfortable with that because I know what kind of pool that I have. But if you go, oh, oh, I might be in a 300-seater, and then you're getting 30, 40 people in there. And then that's tricky. The reality check of empty mm. seats
2: <laughs> is a really harsh one. There's only so many empty seats you can yes. stare at and
4: keep a smile on your
2: face. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's the old trick of you say it's a sold-out gig, but you don't tell people. It could be a 20-person gig, but you yeah, say exactly. it's sol- sold-out. Sold sold out. Oh, yeah.
4: You just look at percentages then. Yeah, at yeah. The best, yeah. Or if, if you're
2: smart, the... you carry a sold-out rope, and that's the rope. You just rope <laughs> off the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go, That's
4: yeah, sold-out. Yeah. right? You're doing really well. Oh.
2: Uh, very good. Well done. Um, Uh, Now, Rosie, you're a Carlton fan. You're a diehard Carlton fan. How's that been working out for you over the years?
4: Oh, look, it's been tough over the journey. The thing about being a Carlton supporter, the way I kind of equate it, is that uh, we were like the really hot, fit guy in high school, mm. and then we got fat and bald. Right? <laughs> so we just have all these – 30 years ago we were the ones to check out and now yes. we've just let ourselves go. We've got a bit of a toupee on at the moment, but people can see <laughs> that we're rocking that and they're just onto us. So it's been a tough journey over mm. the last few years, but, you know, we're yeah. starting to come good. Yeah. Um, this the one, year? This year? Oh, I'm not confident. I, I did tip Adelaide last week. But um, well. you know what? The r- thing that really annoys me about Carlton having started to, to play really well mm. is that um, – so say 10 years ago when I'd go to uh Carlton game, I remember going to see Carlton – Play Frio at Marvel, mm. and the best thing was for a two ten game you could get there at two oh nine. There were no crowds <laughs> around; it <laughs> yes. was fantastic. Right, yes. And now that we're playing okay, you got to get there early and yes. stuff. So I'm not, I'm not enjoying that. No. But my favourite one was we played uh, Frio at Marvel, and Carlton hadn't kicked a goal to halftime. And you know how every club has their activation and stuff, and yes. you know they got Bongo Cam and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And at halftime they were doing this activation on the field, and they're like, oh, you know if you want to come and get your membership, come outside and you know sign yourself up. And was like no one. <laughs> we have kicked zero goals to half. Time. No yes, one has cancelled yes, them.
1: Yes.
4: Tell them to go home. They're yes, done yes. for the day. It's all good. Yes. It should have been, do you want to run in the second half? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sign up.
1: You two go way back, am I right? Uh, we, we used
4: to d- live together. We used to <laughs> live together yeah, in yeah.
1: Fitzroy, yes. How did this come about?
4: Yeah. Uh, you oh. were living in Sydney and I, I was uh, in Brunswick at the time and I just said, why do you, because you kept coming down for before the game. Yeah. And I said, why don't you just move here and I'll move out with you. And it was the <laughs> stupidest decision I've ever made in my life.
2: We moved we moved into a
4: house right, literally right next to the Napier Hotel in Fitzroy. Yeah. It was our lounge room for two years. <laughs> <and> it was <laughs> as dangerous as you could imagine.
7: That was
2: basically what's for dinner. I don't know, here's the menu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Schnitzel again. In, in, no,
1: in. I love it. I can see there's a real, real loving friendship going yes. here and you We've had a lot of memories together, including, tell because it is Anzac round. Yes. Obviously in the footy. And, and you two have some stories about, did you go and perform for those the troops? Ones? We yeah. have,
2: between, Rosie and I, between us, I think we've done about 10 trips to the Middle East.
4: Yeah. To do and shows really? for the troops. Just to put it out there, the Australian troops, just in case anyone from ASIO <laughs> is listening. The Australian troops. Just. Oh, ISIS are in desperate yeah. need of a laugh at our gigs. work Wait, for the Australian
2: troops.
1: How does this come about?
2: Uh, well, they have an uh, organisation called Forces Entertainment, yeah. which has been around for years. Yeah. They started by sending entertainers to uh, our troops in the Vietnam War, yep. and yep. they've just continued to do that. So wow. whenever there's a conflict, they get together a bunch of entertainers yeah. and regularly send entertainers yeah. over. How I I was the experience? Oh, I, I look, it's an, am- it's
4: an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, aren't you,
2: Rosie, you're in an environment where every single thing is completely new to you.
4: Yeah, and it's just it's also foreign, and the, and the, the appreciation you get for the the work that they do over yeah. there, and how casual mm. they become about things. So when we're in uh, Kandahar and Kabul in Afghanistan, the base is surrounded by mountains, and so they say the Taliban fire rockets in all the time from the mountains, and this yeah. is how casual they are. They're like, oh, if the rocket comes in, if there's a rocket attack, the alarms will uh, sound. And you need to get on the ground and make sure your feet are facing the mountains because we prefer your feet were blown off and not your head. And you're like, oh, okay, gotcha. No worries, it's all good. But they're really relaxed. They're like, oh, yeah, but you'd have to be unlucky to get hit by a rocket. I'm like, no, I'd be unlucky to get hit by a rocket at the MCG. Right? I've just flown <laughs> into a war zone. But the radio station on the base in Kandahar was called Rocket FM. That's how casual they are no, about no it. Way. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, whatever, it's going to happen. Don't worry about And that it. base in Kandahar would get a rocket a day.
2: Yes. Would go would go into that base. Yeah, well, oh, when I was God. in
4: Kabul, so I'd finished the uh, spot that I'd done, the stand-up spot, and then the band was on afterwards. And we're in this sort of big outdoor tent, and we were just standing around. And the music cut out, and I thought, I oh, must be an electricity thing, you know, we're in a third-world country. And then everyone just started screaming, rocket attack. And everyone hit the deck and I was laying on the ground with my hands on my head, you know, because rockets don't go through hands. And (laughs) (laughs) you know how they say that your life flashes before your eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, in that moment. And all I had in my head was just me berating myself going, you brought yourself here, you dickhead. This (laughs) is your fault. You're going to die. This is on you. So fun times. Why did you do this? But it does give you a great
2: appreciation for the incredible sacrifices that our – Uh, troops make and it's uh, wonderful for us to have a chance uh, this weekend and it's of course on Anzac Day to think about the sacrifices uh, that those people have made. And I can tell you that when you're away in Afghanistan, the, the gigs are amazing because when the hecklers have got guns, you try a little bit harder. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know what the, the funniest bit was uh, when I first did my first gig in Kandahar, and you kind of, you're on this base and the Australian base, Camp Baker, was the only patch of grass on the whole base. So yep. everyone came there for like a barbecue and stuff. Yep. But you realise very quickly where you sit in life. So I was telling this story about I'm allergic to peanuts. so I ended up in hospital after eating a peanut. And you're talking about being in hospital from this and all these blokes are just, and all these soldiers just sitting there going, you are so weak. Like we have just been <laughs> out peanut. in a yeah. war zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah and a peanut's taking down you down, champ, has it? Yeah. yeah, the Taliban were throwing peanuts
2: at us. Yeah. <laughs> Good on
4: you, mate.
1: Hi, Rosie, it's been on a treat mate. having you here. Thank and you're you. performing tonight and tomorrow at the Cooper's Inn?
4: Yes, Cooper's Inn, 8, 10pm. Uh, you can get your tickets at trybooking.com.au.
1: Love having you in. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Adam. Congratulations and well done on being such a loyal friend to this man <laughs> for so
0: long. Significant out. achievement. Across Melbourne, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Giddy right down the middle. Oh. gets the ball yeah.
6: Josh Giddy, the rebound. Back up and in. There's Josh Giddy. Inside, banks it home. Giddy on the drive. Left open. That one knocks it down.
1: Team maybe all over Red Rover for Oklahoma City and Australia's very own Josh Giddy, but my God, didn't they impress the basketball world? Oh, this yes. NBA season, particularly Giddy last week, finished with an equal career high, 31 points, 9 rebounds and 10 assists. In the Thunders' win over New Orleans, which was his first ever NBA playoff game, if you don't mind. Josh's Mm. proud dad and superstar in his own right, Warwick, joins us now. I assume you're proud. I hope you are. You must be. (laughs) What a ride it's been for Josh. Can you believe what he's achieved of late in particular?
7: Look, good morning, Everyone there, and uh, no, it's just amazing. And you know, I sit back and uh, we marvel at what he's doing. And you know, if you if you said to us two years ago he's just going to be a superstar in the NBA, not in our wildest dreams, would we have thought he was going to get to where he is now? And um, yeah, we, we we couldn't be prouder of what he's achieved and the way he's done it.
3: Oh, I bet, Warwick. I adored you back in the day, mate. Yourself, Andrew, gaze. I saw um, Daryl McDonald. I saw him at the zoo the other day, and you should have seen (laughs) me. I was beside himself. My kids are looking (laughs) at the rhinos. I'm like, there's Daryl McDonald just over there. What an absolute superstar. So I loved that era of basketball that you um, played in, mate. And I can only imagine that as Josh got a little bit older, you would have been shooting some hoops at the court or in the backyard with him. And now that he's such an absolute superstar of world basketball, at what point? Did he start to go past you? Like at what age oh, did he start?
7: Look, he was at oh, 19, that, 15. That, that would have been a young age, uh, probably about 14 or 15. I, th- I think I took him on one-on-one on the last time at, at MSAC, and the rules were he couldn't drive into the keyway. He had to shoot from outside, <laughs> it, and I could take shots from anywhere. And I think he kicked my butt about 11-1. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: did you think Did you think it – when did you think oh, – Um, he, he is a, quite a talent, like – and yeah, we all love our children and think they're great at sport, but what point did you think, oh, boy,
1: yeah, to look, I really bigger. had to take some,
7: some checks and, and you sort of take a step back and um, and make sure I, I wasn't getting in that, uh, that that fatherhood and parent role where mm-hmm. he keeps the best in the world. And um, he always had a great <laughs> IQ for the game. Uh, he, he was sort of small. He, he was big for his, for his age, but he wasn't big in basketball terms. But, um, you know, the IQ he developed for the game, uh, you know, the great coaching he had, you know, Andrew Gaze was involved a lot in his juniors, uh, along with myself. And uh, he, we, we used to run the same offense as the Melbourne Tigers back in the 90s and when we played and he would have studied a lot of the old DVDs Uh, these days he's no DVD players around but he watched all of our old games watched the offense and and really watched how people played cut off the ball and uh, really the IQ of the game and he developed that at a young age understood how to play the game and and obviously his skills developed he uh, he grew about five inches from from the age of 16 to 18 and uh, the rest of his history he just sort of went on and, and worked really really hard.
2: We're speaking to Josh Giddy's dad, Warwick Giddy. Now, Josh, of course, has had an incredible season on the court. Yeah. But off the court, Warwick, he's been getting a lot of compliments for his style. Mm. He's been dressing like a cool cat. <laughs> who's, who's the Chalamet dude uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to the actor, no. Anthony Chalamet. They are side-by-side. They were compared to each other right. about no. how cool he looks. He looks good. And I thought, where does he get that from? And Warwick, I went back. <laughs> over the years, you had some wild haircuts. <laughs> I saw you in a Rambo cut. I saw you in a punk rock hair. I saw you in a mohawk <laughs> with a shaved head. Does the style come from you?
7: Oh, look, definitely definitely not. The, the hairstyle, I've offered him my headband for, for a numerous years, and he, uh, he won't accept that. But, uh, yeah, the style, definitely, definitely not mine. Um, You know, if you you know me, I... He had no no dress sense and style. But, um, you know, all those athletes have got a great platform over there. Josh was really reluctant, I think, the first year. He was a tracky man in and, and T-shirts mm. rock, rocking up to the game, uh, maybe even barefoot or thongs. And I, I think um, that his agents sort of said, listen, yeah, this is a great chance to, to, to get yourself out there. And mm. um, and they wear some crazy stuff. And uh, I wouldn't say he's going to wear that out in the local town in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, you know, they might be, he might get mugged and, and those things might be given to a homeless as a blanket. But, uh, you know, it's great for him to, for, to have, that profile and that platform.
1: Hey, well, he's looking the part on court. Mm. I think many would have agreed that Josh is a great player, but he's proven now he's even greater when it matters most, like yes. in the big games, in the big moments. Did you always think he had that in him, the clutch?
7: Yeah, again, again, you know, having that that great talent, and you know, I go back to to when he was a young kid, and, and I used to talk about making the right decisions. If he's got a two or one but the kid can't catch it or make a layup, you've still got to make that right decision and give him the ball. And eventually you're going to have better players that you're giving the ball to. And, you know, when you're at the NBA, he's now delivering that same pass and the blokes dunk it or make it a great three point shot. So, um, you know, just having those, those teammates around and the organization's fantastic. He's, he's had great support with his management and, um, you know, life comfortable for him and, and just playing in that, that team environment and, you know, unfortunately, at the professional level at the NBA, the game can be very selfish and, and individualistic in a sense. And, um, you know, what OKC has brought to the table is just great team play and showing how that all people can get it done together.
3: We're speaking to Warwick Giddy, Melbourne Tigers, two-time premiership superstar and the father of Josh Giddy, of course, NBA legend over there at the uh, OKC. So is he staying grounded, um, Warwick? So, you know, you, you, it's another world, that NBA world. They're superstars. They come in with their big gold chains and their amazing. In cars and do all that sort of stuff. How you know how are you going with him? With him personally, is he still just the same sort of you know son of yours who you, who you always knew? Or did? every now and then you got to just bring him down a touch?
7: Yeah, no, definitely. He's very, very well grounded. Um, as I said, he's got great people around him around him. His sister lives with him. She plays college basketball for, mm. for Southern Nazarene in Oklahoma, so I'm sure she pulls him into line. Uh, his agent, Daniel Moldovan, he's, he's almost like a father figure to him, um, and the support they get from Octagon, from his agency, is just, just out of this world. So, um, yeah, he's really comfortable, obviously grounded, doesn't spend and doesn't, doesn't do these stupid, crazy things like, like you see the other athletes that <laughs> may do. Uh, he's got great financial advice, so... Um, yeah, as, as I said, and I always talk about the greatest athletes like Jordan and LeBron and, and Kobe that um, that turned up to play every night. They were getting paid millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but but they turned up to win each night, and I, I think that's very important. That. Um, you don't get carried away with the monetary um, side of things, but you, you turn up as a professional athlete to, to, to win each night.
2: Yeah, uh, Warwick, how many games have you seen live over there? And when you've travelled over there, presumably the young fella's flown your first class. Mm. He's got a couple of bucks now. Picked up the dinner table. Yeah, look, look,
7: fir- first class is coming, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, but, but the family's been over and uh, yeah, his mum and his sister. Uh, we've been over for a couple of 40-day stints for the last two seasons. So we've probably seen 40 to 50 games. Oh wow! Uh, we've been on the road a few. We're, we're fortunate to see his first triple-double against Dallas. Yeah. Um, and, and that was just a, an amazing buzz and amazing channel for him. So um, it's been great there to, to, to give him support, um, yeah, especially the family. And you know, I'm hoping to get over there a little bit more next year and in, in the following years. And hopefully they're going to go deeper into the playoffs. Yeah.
1: Is he home now?
7: Yeah, yeah, he got back last Tuesday, so he'll be in town for a few weeks. Oh, and then um, yeah, yeah, then he heads back over and he'll, he'll obviously come back um, here to prepare for the World Cup with the, uh, with the Boomers.
2: When he's home, is he doing the dishes after dinner? <laughs> yeah.
7: I mean, no, unfortunately, he doesn't come back to the to the home now. He, you know, he gets his own accommodation, and he, he's a bit big for us in a, in a sense. So um, he, he houses his mates, and uh, you know, there's not as much time for mum and dad now. But um, you know, it's great to have him back here. And um, yeah, as I said, he's catching up with his mates and having having a bit of a, a letdown. And uh, under strict instructions, to not work out and to rest up for three weeks. Hmm.
3: I've heard the penthouse at Crown is nice. Myself, but I'm sure he's there. In your own basketball career, uh, Warwick, we don't want to make this all about your son. I mean, you were there in the absolute. Absolute Halcyon days. There has been a, a huge boom in basketball in Australia more recently, but back in the day, you and Leonard and Gazy, you know, it was just a phenomenal era. You must, you and you looked like a guy who absolutely loved his time on the court.
7: Yeah, I I had a ball playing. You know, I, 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 I was that skilled, and you know, my, my thing was was really effort out on the court, and uh, you know, I thought fortunate to must make a great career or a long career having fantastic players like Days, Brad Kick Copeland, you know, Dave Simmons, you know, Marcus mm. Timmins, Robert Sibley, Ray Gordon, to name a few around me. And um, you know, as I said, I was I was the uh, I was the labourer on the building site and um, <laughs> yeah. you know I had great great builders and, and great architects around me.
1: Well, I hope you enjoy some uh, special family time if Josh decides to hang out with yes. you at some point <laughs> over the next three weeks. Thanks for joining us on uh, Dead Set Legends. Oh, uh, absolute pleasure,
7: guys, and uh, have, a, have a great time. And, uh, yeah, let's hope I, I catch up with Josh a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> thanks,
3: Warwick. Yes. Beautiful. Well, well, thanks, thanks, Warwick. How did that conversation it? go? Yeah, you know, oh, son, can I, can I come round <laughs> tonight? Or Aww. can we go out down Chapel Street? Oh, Dad, not, not sure.
1: Imagine that, though, being such a great basketballer yourself and then you bring this child into the world and <laughs> yeah. and his daughter as well yes. sounds like yeah. she's doing great things in college basketball too but he goes on to become yeah. the star he is yeah Changing. crazy yeah great Graham. story um have hey, we got a bit of Saturday footy to preview yes. because we've got some exciting games coming up that's uh I oh, yep yeah, Leroy's get his uh Go the lions. guns up he loves <laughs> yeah. his Brizzy lines who are they playing today
6: uh, some easy beat team. Oh, Arrogance. C-W-S, We're going to
1: preview that next. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lemo.
0: Joey J, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
1: Three games coming your way this Saturday. It starts at Adelaide Oval, Port and the West Coast Eagles. Jeez, Port and Adelaide have had a fair few home games Mm. (laughs) to start the season, haven't they? Uh, Then it's off to Monica Oval in Canberra, the Giants hosting the Brisbane Lions, and then finally at GMHBA (laughs) Stadium. It is Geelong and Sydney, the grand final rematch, and the Cats will be unfurling their flag.
3: Massive game. Just quickly, just on the other end, before we finish that, I heard that you, Kath Lockman. Went over to South Australia and you did so many cashies last weekend (laughs) that you essentially created a uh, high school fund. You could pay for your education
2: (laughs) of your future children. Is that right?
3: You
7: did the whole gamut. I I heard it was lucky
2: you weren't travelling overseas because you have to declare if you've got more than $10,000 cash on you.
1: (laughs) I don't know Is where this. I, I do know where this narratives come from. It's Jonathan Brown, but right. I don't know where he got it. Right. Because no, I flew in Friday, flew out Sunday. I was not doing. But you brought a spare weekend. suitcase.
3: You <laughs> oh, no. a uh, little Gucci bag. Back or something. to the grand final so, rematch, yes. uh, Jay Z. Yeah. This will
1: be a great uh, night for Cats fans. Obviously, their first game at GMHBA Stadium this yep. season, and they will unfurl the flags. The players won't see the uh, ceremony; they'll be warming, warming up. up, but yeah. the fans will, and that's. Uh, about what it's things. all about. Yeah, and it's a great acid test, uh, isn't it, Limo,
3: for the Cats? Because in the past couple of weeks, they've beaten West Coast. They go, going oh, no good. And your mob also, who aren't great. So now they come up against a, a quality side. And we'll see, get a nice little feel for where the Cats are
2: really at. Well, if they lose this one, yep. if they win, of course, they're up and about and yep. the season's well and truly on. Yep. But if they lose... No, I'm what not are we saying about the cats. I'm not popping the, that
3: balloon uh, just yet because because I think the cats will win. And I will tell you why it's because Sydney's backline is completely depleted. They're mm. missing Patty McCartan and Tom McCartan, of course, with the concussion rampy. issues. Big Lam- rampy Lance Franklin's not there as well with knee soreness. They're missing Joel Amarty, their Marty Party, uh, with some hamstring issues as well. So I b- I would be surprised if the Swans get up on the Cats' own patch, but um, it would be a shock to the Geelong system if they do go down.
1: How's this for a stat? I'm very happy with this. Stat. Oh please, I mean go. I found it off someone. Else, but yeah. yeah, I really claim it as my it. You stole it. Let's have it. So tonight is the first time since two thousand and seven mm-hmm. Sydney take on Geelong without Joel Selwood. So he played in every one of the 28 games between the clubs during his career. That's from 2007 to 2022. How crazy is that?
2: That is rip- a strong stat. Yeah. Can we call that a calf stat? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Who
3: <laughs> did you rip it off? Do you want to give them a shout out we'll now?
1: Just uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll <laughs> one of the websites. We'll um, then what about tomorrow? Yes. What? No, go on. Okay. What about tomorrow? Um, the game I'm really looking forward to. I think everyone is. That yes. is Carlton and the Saints at Marvel Stadium It will be heaving tomorrow
3: afternoon. It's a nice little sliding door storyline around this game, of course, because Carlton, 18 months ago, had the choice to go for oh, Ross the boss, the coach of the year, Ross Lyon. Uh, of course, they went for Michael Voss, who we all know and love, and doing a great job for Carlton. But they've been second gear the Blues this year. I know they got three and a half wins. They got beaten by Adelaide last week. They haven't hit top Top Gear yet the Blues now come up against the really well structured and well organised St Kilda side coached by the coach of the year Ross Lyon and it's going to be a fascinating contest. You'd think this would be close. Who have you tipped? T- I tip the Blues. Yes, after I've got the I
2: just, I just, I no real reason, just a yep.
3: feeling. Yep, yep. Yeah. Caminiti out, member in for the St Kilda. It's a nice little replacement. Jack Steele, inspirational captain, also back in for the Saints after playing with a broken collarbone. They're tough, these boys.
0: Yeah,
1: he's he's courageous. That's for sure. The Dead
3: Set Legends. Give me a
1: spell. Give me a spell. spell. He's got to give me a spell, Jay Z. Yep. Alternative milk
3: options. I'm overwhelmed <laughs> and I'm intimidated, right? Because I'm a soy milk man, <laughs> and sometimes you go to the cafe and I ask my little piccolo latte with soy milk, and they say, mm, so "We don't have soy milk." I'm not. I'm not a big cow milk fan. So then I've got to consider my. Cashew milk, my rice milks, my oat milks. Mm. You um, poor there's...
1: thing, that must be so hard. Well, give me, give me. I just want it to be a bit easier. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Too many give me a
2: Welcome to Melbourne in 2023. <laughs> Limo, what have you got? <laughs> Tell was... me it's better well, than. Well, I Luke's say Clark. the same about tuna. To be completely honest with you, There's too oh, many tuna what's options. Your and they mix stuff with tuna. Let me do the mixing tuna. <laughs> 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 if I want to put lemon or whatever it is, lemon just, no, it's anyway. Serena, whatever oh, Serena.
1: How hey, you say that? That's
2: here's like my give me a spell. There's been no footy in Melbourne since. Easter Monday. Yeah. That's nearly. Two, really? It's going to be nearly two oh, weeks as of tomorrow. So give me a spell, AFL. Watch. And also mm. the Fremantle Football Club targeting Rory Lobb, yes. the Western Bulldogs' 15th best player last <laughs> yeah. night. Give me a spell. <laughs> You're dead set legend. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. Mate, you are a legend.
1: Had the pleasure of chatting to this man on AFL 360 on Thursday night, Todd Goldstein. Game 300 yes. for him. Lovely. Boy. Um, significant achievement. Sixth North Melbourne player to do it. Joining a very uh, talented group indeed, and just a nicest very bloke, yeah. isn't he?
3: He's an absolute belter, and I mean, he's so durable
2: over his career.
1: Seventeen years as a ruckman, crazy! Yep. And he's
2: yep. going through all the media this week with a massive shine. On <laughs> he has, isn't he? What
1: yeah. are the chances? I actually loved his mum sledge, who said to Clarko, you're lucky. Todd's dad's not around because he would have become hunting for you after round one." <laughs> oh <really? When> he <laughs> <had big> Goldie. <laughs> I didn't great. know she said that. Saturday, Rob, coming up next. This has been dead set legends.
0: That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. For fast, reliable internet, switch to Aussie Broadband today. AussieBroadband.com.au These legends will be back next week. It's <laughs> like yeah. a Del
3: Santo Montana right, one, so back in the day. <laughs> <laughs>